off with a small vision, and that vision manifested into something beyond expectation. I see pride in black excellence when we tap into our magic. I see power. I've never seen anybody put in 100% and lose. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. Say it loud, podcast. And you know this, man. And it's just big. It's just so simple, but yet so complex. Let's do it, black excellence. Let's go. go, 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 go. What's going on, Say It Loud podcast? It is your host, Boogie the Beast. I am back on the Say It Loud Network. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Whether you guys are listening in your car, at work, on your way to work, on the way home from work, listening while you're cooking, listening while you're working it out, however you're doing it, shout out to your mama, shout out to everybody who you've told to subscribe. Thank you so much. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, I think now. Shout out to everybody working behind the scenes. I am sitting in front of week two's legacy segment of the Say It Loud Take over, say it loud, universe, say it loud, however you want to display it. And uh, I'm very excited to not only be sitting in front of somebody who I've known for a long time, but actually getting to know them intentionally. So we are actually going to both learn, um, whoever's listening to this and myself, about this young lady sitting in front of me. I've asked her probably three times now to tell me where she was born and raised, but I'm going to get this correct. Born in Illinois moved to LA for a year, back to Georgia, <laughs> then to Philly, and then made her way back to L or no, to Tennessee for college, and then made her way back to LA where we connected. <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm gonna let her fix that. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Miss Amber Blackwell. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so... <laughs> All right, how did I mess this up? <laughs> you, you messed up just a little bit. I mean, you got the states right. Yes. But yeah, there, um, I moved around a lot when I was young. So home to me is inside myself because I, I did live all over the place. Um, yeah. I was born in Illinois. Moved one to LA. Two of two. I was here until I was 10. Okay. Then I moved to Georgia okay. for seventh grade. Then I went to Philly for eighth grade. Then I went back to Georgia for all of high school, Tennessee for college, and then I made my way back to LA, and I've been here for the last nine years. Mm, so I was a little off, but like you said, I got the geography <laughs> right, just not the timeline right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sitting here with me, Absolutely. especially during these times. How has Amber been this year? Amber has been really great, actually. Despite the pandemic, um, I just, I think me and me in general as a person, I decide to try and look at the positives, pull from the positives in whatever life brings you. And so I think that mindset has really helped over the last several months um, of being quarantined. I have worked on different things like reaching out to friends and building relationships, even if it's over the phone, spending more time with my daughter, um, reading. Mm. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it hasn't been so negative for me. Like I know a lot of people I've experienced. So. Yeah. Um, you know, and you kind of touched on, we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit about that, but with moving around so much. And then, like you said, um, when did you become conscious or comfortable with you are home and not the actual location being home? Or like when somebody asked you, Oh, where are you from? Or like when you were the new kid in school and things like that. Um, when did you become aware or like comfortable with where you were from? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that's one of the most uncomfortable questions for me to answer. You know, where are you from? Because I did move around a lot and 
um, it wasn't until I got older that I could connect to uh, answering that question. Mm. And growing up, because I did move around a lot, I had a lot of issues with connecting with people and friendships. I didn't know when we were going to move again. So it, it made it really difficult for me to um, have relationships. And so in that time of aloneness, um, I just got to know myself and I got to be okay with being alone. That I think that is actually why the quarantine probably hasn't been so difficult because I'm used to being alone and I'm used to going inside to find my happiness and to find my peace. Hmm. I like that. Very, very nice concept with that. Um, with all that going into, we'll just fast forward a little bit to high school um, and then going into college. You said you went to college in Tennessee. What uh, took you to college or what was your, what was the reason for Tennessee? Like, Atlanta, Illinois, LA, Tennessee. <laughs> how did you how did you get there? What what Yeah, took you well, I'm a, I'm a hooper. Okay. So Hey, ball is life. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, so I um I got a, a scholarship to Carson Newman College, which is in Tennessee. Um and so that's what took me there. I played basketball my whole life. Hmm. My dad was actually in the NBA when I was young. And so Who do you play for? He played for Seattle Supersonics. The best was. organization in the NBA. <laughs> and the Golden State Warriors. Okay. So yeah, I've, I had a ball in my hand since I was four years old. I've always been an athlete. I've always identified with uh, exercise, fitness. Hmm. Um, they've always been a part of who I am. They've always been an outlet for me. Um, with the different traumas you experience growing out, it's important to know your outlet and that was it for me. Basketball mm. was it for me. Um, and so I was always striving to get better with basketball. So I would do speed and agility and I would, you know, sweep floor. So this gym would let me take that class and do whatever I had to do to stay around sports and fitness and exercise. Whatever it took. Yeah. And so with that scholarship and then going to a new place once again um, and, and recreating another identity, especially on a new team, what was that like, I guess? Finally seeing, um, you know, I don't know if you had any early on rewards, but like finally seeing a reward for yourself kind of like pay off in that sense of like, I earned this scholarship and I'm going to college and now I'm hooping. Like, what was that like? Well, it, my, I feel like my college experience was actually rough. Hmm. Um, although I got school paid for, you know, and I got a degree out of it when I was in it, I really didn't see the benefits of it because it was tough. Like... There's a lot of politics in sports in college, and I definitely went through them. Um, rough coaches, you know, issues with teammates. I was one of the only. Uh, my whole school, if you were an athlete, you were black, and mm. if you weren't, you were white. Mm. And then on top of that, it was like I was the only light-skinned mixed girl. It was either you were like black, black, or you were white. Mm -hmm. So that was difficult. Um, it caused a lot of, I mean, I think being light-skinned, this is kind of going off topic, but people look at you a certain way and they have a certain stereotype about you. Mm. And that always made it difficult for me because I'm like, I'm black. Right. That's and all I've ever known. I don't care about how I look. Mm. I want to hoop. I want to be happy. I want to I wanna have fun. I don't care about this, you know, but that, but it's, they'll look at you and they think you're either stuck up or, you know, I just, I experienced a lot of those things. So even in college, I was isolated. I feel like even though I was on a team, I still felt isolated. 
And it was difficult. It was very difficult experience. It wasn't until I got out of college did I like appreciate everything that I went through. Hmm. And then after college for basketball, did it take you overseas or did you have aspirations or like obviously like I want to go to the league? Like what's up? Like what's happening? Like what was what was post yeah. college for you with basketball? Well, I definitely wanted to keep pursuing my career. Because I, ball is life. Ball is life. Like I love <laughs> basketball. Um, and I definitely think that I'm good enough. Um, but the, there's those politics, you know, like if you, if the coach doesn't play you, what can you do? You know? And for me, like my freshman year, I, I literally went from like the last person off the bench to starting in the captain mm-hmm. within my four years. But there was still just restraints that my coach put on me playing that didn't allow me to like ball. He, he would say things like, um, if you go in and you try to score because, I'm the type to pull up for a three in transition. <laughs> if you if you go in there and you try to do this, I'm going to take you out. So his thing was, I'm putting you in. You're the best defender we have on our team. You're going to guard their best player, and that's your role. Mm. So I had to embrace that role, and it was difficult because – like I said, I'm pulling up for the three in transition, but right, I had so to if really, I get the steal, I'm coming back. Well, I, got- <laughs> I had to, I had, I had to discipline myself. I mean, in high school, like that's what it was. I, you, I'm sure everybody knows who Maya Moore is, but she, Maya Moore, A led bucket. Georgia in every single stat except for steals, and that was me. Like I was a defensive like specialist. Wow. So that's what I did in college, and then so after college, I really didn't have stats to try to pursue. You know. The way that you would want to. I tried out for a semi-pro league and I did play for one in Atlanta. And then my dad got sick and he was a single father. Um, and my sister was in high school. So I decided to move back to LA okay. to help him with my little sister. Okay. And that's how I got back here. Mm, that's what's up. Um, now with with all of the basketball and, and going into, or excuse me, with your degree and then moving here, I'm kind of putting... You know that the, your own passion to the side for like your love and like your family. Like, what did that kind of do for you with like the family growth aspect then of, of you know throughout all this time of creating an identity and being isolated and now you have to become you know a, a parent in a sense or you know in that trauma I guess you could say of built relationships and different titles. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Sorry. No, I. I taking it all in but I think time really does heal when people are intentional about wanting to be happy and I think everyone in my family intentionally wants to be happy um and so over the many years we were apart I think everybody you know went in their own ways to heal themselves and so when we came back together I mean don't get me wrong you know there's still fights and things like that it was just like the recognition of wanting to, to heal. And I think that brought everybody a lot closer. Um, I didn't grow up in the household with both of my parents. We moved around a lot because my parents got divorced. And so I was. it was my dad, my little sister, and my brother. It was us four. And so um, we, were, we were pretty close. And when we went to college, it was really difficult because I was away from them. And then when I came back to L.A., uh, we were all together again, and it was awesome. It was mm. awesome. Everybody was a little bit older, uh, craving the relationships, and uh, it was it was a good time. I definitely felt like I had came I came back to where I was supposed to come. Mm. 
And then creating your own new bond and love. You had your daughter, Amden. Yes, my little baby. What was that like? Oh, man. That was, okay, that was crazy. Um, Being super transparent, had a boyfriend, Amden wasn't planned, had her, you know, decided, like, gonna have her, not gonna go the other route. Mm -hmm. And it was a big decision um, because... I mean, everything changes. Your whole focus, everything that you do changes. Before I had Amden, I was here and I was kind of like a free bird. I, all I did was like wake up at five in the morning, go to the gym. I was a nanny and I just worked out and hooped. I'd be at every hoop session that there was, every gym you, I was there. And, and when I had my daughter, it just like slowed. Like I couldn't get up and go. And that was mm. so hard. That was the hardest part. Um, Another but, growth point, kind of like what you were saying with the discipline of going yes. from the last person on the bench to... Yes, but I think like growing up without my mom for like foundational years, because my, I, I my mom wasn't around from the time I was like 11 to probably about like 18 or so. Um, so I didn't really have any like strong woman in my life. It was just mm -hmm. me with my dad. Um, so when I had my daughter and I saw the beauty in being a woman, because I was like wow my body did this like <laughs> like i had wow. a, i had a whole child like a i'm a woman child. like i am woman that separates you from man like literally yeah and literally then, and then having a little girl i just like she was everything that i needed i was always known as like a tomboy a little rough around the edges and she just softened me she really um opened my eyes to like some of the things that I didn't even recognize in myself that I did, just like mm. the dominance, because I'm a naturally dominant person. She she made me be more aware of the submissiveness that I want to have as a woman, you know, um, that nurture. Um, but it, I mean, it's is that was a pivotal moment in my life. Like that changed my life. Mm. That's dope. That's what's up. We are back. It is still Say It Loud. I am still sitting down with Miss Blackwell. You all right? How you feeling? I'm good. Good, good. So going into this next part, really about what everything you've been talking about and how we've been connecting everything back has to do with the competition, um, being athletic, staying to the what's next, how can I push myself? Yep. And you found your way and you have accepted the almighty and gracious uh, invitation to be a part of Say it Loud Legacy. Yeah. Triathlon team. Why this triathlon? Why? Well, okay. So last year, um, actually, two, 2018, I started a nonprofit um, called the Give Go Foundation. Give Go Foundation. Yep. And the mission is to promote health equity to the youth mm. in low income and minority communities. Mm. Um, so through intervention programs, we'll help teach nutrition, fitness training, character development, and all those things. Um, so while I was waiting to get tax exempt status, I'm like, what can I do? What can I do that's proactive? And so I'm just online looking up stuff, and then I see triathlon. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, this is this is a lot. Like, these are challenging. You've got to do multiple things. Um, and then I started looking at, like, well, there was, like, tons of pictures, and I didn't see any black people. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. Mm. <laughs> I'm doing this. Um, I, I 
my favorite quote is be the change or yeah, be the change you want to see. And so doing triathlon was me being the change I want to see. I want to see more black kids doing more things that people don't necessarily see them doing or limit them to doing. Um, So I did my first triathlon. I did it at uh, Lake Berryessa and I trained on my own. I didn't know what I was doing. But I love to swim. I love biking. I love running. I love any physical activity. So let's just put it all together. I'm like, put it all together, <laughs> right? And so I just went out there. Like, I, I was out there by myself. My best friend, she traveled with me. But it was us, two black people. And we were at, at Lake Berryessa. Like, there was nothing but white people. I'm sure there was people looking at us like, who are these little black girls? What are they doing? <laughs> we're walking in, like, you know, go to eat breakfast, and it's, like, all white people. It's, like, one of those, like, things. So Everybody's staring, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was proud to be there. I really felt proud to be there. I had trained um, three swims, three runs, three bikes a week for 18 weeks with having a full-time job, with being a mother. You know, I made the time and to do it. And just being a woman. <laughs> and, yeah. And I made the time to do it because it was really important for me to show the discipline leading up to launching my nonprofit. Mm. So I wanted, if anybody was watching, to see me as a disciplined person. And when when they would back that uh, or, you know, donate to the nonprofit or want to be a part of it, they would see that the leader of that is about what she says. So that's why I did that triathlon. Now, the reason why I'm doing this one is because I want to experience it with the team, mm. right? I want to finally be around other people, train with other people. I love team. Like teamwork makes a dream work. Like that's another big thing that I love. Yeah. Um and and I think it's going to be a really fun experience to do it with other people. It's their first one, so I have a little experience, but I'm still kind of out there figuring it out too. Um but just to be a part of a team, like that's dope to me. Really really being able to connect with people who are like-minded and um experiencing that together. Yeah. So going back a little bit to the experience, what was what was it like? Like you're on the you're on the start line, go. Like what was that Man, like? Man, triathlon is different. Well, <laughs> okay, let's not get scared. So, Hold on. So, no, so the day before, you know, you're going, you're setting up everything, and there's people who are doing like a different distance, the full. They they did it the day before. So um, I'm sitting out there, I'm dropping off like my bike and everything, and this and I start talking to this guy, and he tells me that um, the water's really, really cold. It's like spook in my mind, right? He's like, the water's really, really cold. If you have a mask, you gotta wear a mask. Like, uh, if you have gloves, you need all these things. So I'm kind of like, uh-oh. Like, I didn't train like that, uh, but okay, I'm gonna listen. Because, We're going to Big Five. Yeah, because he's, he's experienced. Mm-hmm. So um, when I do the triathlon, I have this mask on, right? And so when I hit the water, it's just a like, crowd of people, right? There's like hundreds of people. And I catch myself, I'm like, I'm going in the front line because I'm, I'm, I'm up in the front. Like, I'm wiggling through people because everybody's with people. So it's just me solo. So I'm like, I'm going to wiggle my way up into the front. Mm. So I get up to the front and, you know, the, the, the horn sounds off and we go. And I'm like, oh, sh- oh I'm getting kicked in the face. Punch and not- punch, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I got this mask on and it's it like suctions to my neck and I can't breathe. So I have to find this um, guy on a buoy to like help me take the mask off because I had gloves on too. So I'm like, take it off, take it off. So he takes everything off and then I get going. I'm like, at that moment I could have been like, oh, this is over. I could quit, but I just went back and I thought in my mind, I'm like, no, you trained really hard for this. Let's go. Mm. So I just went. Um, I swam. I was passing people, um, which felt good. 
it was kind of scary because I was in a lake. I hadn't swam in a lake before. Um, but I pushed through, got on my bike, did my bike. I didn't know much. That's the part that I got to really learn more about. Got on my bike because there was like non-athletic people um, passing me and I was not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> but biking is its own thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so biking. And then when we got to the run, I, I wasn't on the time that I wanted. Uh, so I saw like some people struggling and I was just like, let me help them, like push them through and uh yeah finish it up but it was it was a dope experience like i felt really accomplished i was very proud of myself because i stuck with the training and i stuck with um showing up mm. right like not backing out it was during my spring break um and, and being I, present yeah and i just did it i went for it like yeah i had you know reservations because i was black i knew i was gonna be the only black person out there i was swimming in a lake and black people don't just do that and it was a lot, you know, to take on as first and by myself. Um, mm. But I did it, and it was a great experience. And then I was like, who's going to do one with me next year? And here we are! <laughs> so, to connect all that together, um, I really liked how you used the quote, you know, be the change you want to see. Mm -hmm. And how you were like, well, if you're going to donate to me or you want to say like, oh, you know, who's the founder? Like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I'm going to be the change I want to see, not only whether it be in your house, whether it be in the schools, whether it be in athletics, and to put all of that into, you know, coming back in on a team and now, you know, just bragging. We got six African-Americans <laughs> coming in, three women and three men, into an event that literally, statistically, we have less than 0.5% um, in the whole triathlon. I'm just knowing all the things about it, like swimming, where 70% African-Americans can't swim. A lot of these statistics that are behind yep. us and wanting to be the change What's your why behind it all? Yeah, so my why is is prevention. Um, I've been working in education for 10 years, and uh, it's very much segregated. Um, I worked in an all-white school. It's all-Hispanic school, an all-black school. And I saw the discrepancies between each of the schools, and it's just a lack of experience um funds um education and so i i wanted i only want to work for and around people who need me mm. um they need the experiences that i've been through um because i want to give that's why i have the give go I want to give every piece of tool, all the tools, the knowledge, anything that I have, I want to give it. And with hopes of preventing the different traumas that I have experienced or the different traumas that I, I know others that have experienced. If I can help this kid not go through that, um, help that family not experience that, that's why I do it. That's, that's why anything that I'm involved in is to help prevent and to be proactive um whether that's physically mentally emotionally um it's the total health equity uh behind prevention that i want to be a part of that's what's up that's good that wow yeah that took a lot hold on <laughs> i had to collect that i was like i was sitting here and i was like wow that's actually really 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 like it's really good to see somebody not worrying about the the money aspect of or or like the representation of like I want all eyes on me but sometimes it is going into these 
careers or these mm-hmm. jobs where it's not going to be my name or my face, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a student that can benefit and grow off of what I've done. And they might not remember me, um, yeah. but because of me, you know, for yourself knowing that I gave them a better um, perspective or vision of the table or making sure that everybody had a seat at the table mm-hmm. um, to, to be that change. And I think that's a very, very admirable thing um, for you, I guess, when it comes to, you know, the, not only just the school system, but for your nonprofit, then like and how you just explain the why, um, you know, what does legacy mean to you? Yeah, legacy. That's a great question. Legacy is... My whole life, I've been recognized as a leader. I'm very vocal. Um, I always do my own thing. Um, I very much am... Well, if everybody's doing that, I got to make sure I want to actually do that before I do that. Um, I'm very creative. And I've embraced... Um, peace with being alone, right? So a lot of people naturally look up to me. And for the longest, it was difficult to accept that responsibility because I felt people, if if I embraced it, then I wasn't humble Mm. or I was cocky, right? So as I got older, I understood I'm a leader and there's a responsibility in that. But what I want to do is remove the I from that leadership and be able to create a relationship, give tools, give knowledge, give experiences for them to be able to go on without me and create a lifestyle for themselves. So legacy to me is it's not a a, a billboard or a a quote that everybody remembers. It's an experience that people have that they hold on that makes them be better and be better and for someone else and to give what they've got so the next can go. It it always goes back to that give go to me. Um, we, We have to do that. We have to take who we are, what we bring to a table, everything that we have and we have to give it if it's good we got to give it so others in this world can continue to be good because that battle of good and evil is is present huge it's very present and you're either on the side of good or you're on the side of evil and so that legacy to me is if i die the experience that i gave people carries on to the next person and the next person and the next person and it it it's a chain of good that is left All right, Amber, hot seat question. Top five basketball players of all time, go. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, um, and Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Well, I mean, like, it depends. That's a that's a very loaded question mm. to a real hooper. Okay. Um, You know, because it depends, like, if you're like, oh, this is your favorite because you like them or best basketball player. To me, you got to go with stats, but then there's errors and 
It's just a lot. That's a very complicated question. I really don't like talking to people about it too much because I get a little defensive. I got you. Um, I got yeah, you. I mean, MJ, that's number one. That's all you need to know. Period. MJ. So speaking about MJ, <laughs> has no correlation to this. Um, what's what's next when when the when the triathlon's done and the eyes are back on you again from doing this? Um, because there's gonna be a lot of eyes on us because we are being a change for a team and individually we are going to have not only those eyes on us but now people foundations and businesses are gonna be like what can i do to help yeah for sure um well this year i took on the role of being the dean of culture at my school okay yeah so dean bay so with that (laughs) i'm over like (laughs) the positive behavioral system at the school so that means at my school i have a special task of recreating the culture at the school and I have a lot of different ideas around that, um, but it all goes back to like behavior and um, helping, giving those tools and those knowledge and the, and the teaching the kids the outlets and the, it's just the discipline. It all is behavior. All of those things are behavior. Um, so I'm hoping that the blueprint that I leave there um, will be able to, you know, be adopted by other schools and then it can spread through the education system, right? Mm. That's, I want to really help make a change in the education system. Um, I I believe like, I don't believe in the education system. And so that's why I need to be in, in it to help make a change. Um, and then with my nonprofit, the, the work is aligned. Um, I want to be in the community with people. I want to, um, help get i want to give and go like that's that's what i want to do um and and that's in everything for me i'm very super passionate about fitness and exercise um because i feel like they have a direct correlation to your brain and we need a we need more solution in this world right now we need more creative minds not operating like robots not uh, not operating out of victim or defense mode survival mode we need more people operating out of who they really are Mm. and so i i want to help prevent some of those traumas so people can be themselves and create solution and so for me i look at exercise because of the scientific connections of endorphins you know endorphins being released preventions of disease and pain and it helps your mental uh, there's just too many benefits and over 50% of the African-American population is obese. And I see a connection to poverty, low-income, minority in the community. All of those things are connected. So for me, the beginning solution, it starts with yourself, taking care of yourself, honoring your body as your temple. So that's exercise, what you eat. And then once you can fix that, then you can start thinking. And then you can start creating solution to end that cycle of poverty, end, end the stereotypes. Um, and so that's why I like believe starting with the youth because they're just younger, they're easier to influence. And so that's what I want to continue to do. Get more people on board with that, um, to support that mission and to help change. Damn. (laughs) That's good. And I, like I said, I, I'm, I always try to like grasp it all and then send it back really fast. I'm sorry. You gotta, you were going, you were going, I thought you were going to keep going. Um, but I think the best part of that was is to change the education system. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't change the adults, but we can change the students. Mm-hmm. And we can give them the awareness, we can give them the knowledge, 
You give them the education so they can start asking these questions. Mm-hmm. They can start arising because we know Gen Z will Expecting ask. Expecting more. Yeah. Gen Z will ask questions. Gen yeah. Z is going to, they are going to really not push the buttons, but to get outside of, of systematic, uh, you know, uh, foundations already. And they're going to be like, no, we need to create this. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, especially for the millennials, you know, our generation is being able to reach back and help those like a lot of schools now, instead of doing uh, detention, they're doing um, therapy or they're mm-hmm. doing, you know, even, even like not a fitness as a discipline, but fitness as an alternative, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like a, a release of endorphins. So Absolutely. I think a lot of that stuff is very, very important. Um, so the last question I will ask you then, um, before I give you the floor mm-hmm. and give you your TED talk, is um, I always ask people to write a letter. Mm-hmm. And in this letter, um, you can write it to, you know, if, if you see yourself as a dean of a school system, a, a dean of an education um, campus, however you want to see yourself, or just somebody who's got the floor, um, and you're saying thank you to somebody, or raising awareness, what would your letter say? That's a very deep question. What would my letter say? I would probably keep it simple. Um, be good. Like, be kind. Um, be patient. Um, give grace. But that just goes back to that spiritual warfare. Um, I would definitely want whoever I was writing a letter to, to recognize the separation of the human, the physical form, the body, and the spirit and the soul. Because once you tap into like spirit and soul, it doesn't matter what a human does to you. They can't defeat that. And so that's... That's probably what my letter would be about. Um, There's limitations when you say dean of culture, when you say entrepreneur, when you say a CEO. Um, Sure, in the human form, I will identify with all of those things and tell people, yes, this is what I do. But first and foremost, I am a spiritual being. I am, I recognize my soul and I identify with good and being on the side of good and to me to people that looks like being kind being patient giving grace um and taking care of people lifting them up when they're down um recognizing when you do wrong trying to help heal healing yourself constantly recognizing people's traumas not comparing them to your own um treating people how you want to be treated it's the basics for me and that that would be what my letter would be stick to the basics keep it simple be good Mm. signed amber (laughs) blackwell thank you so much for that i appreciate it um and and i'm not gonna add anything to that Um, i'm just gonna give you the floor you know um how do we stay connected to you how do we help um what are some I guess you could say active things we can even do, um, even if it's not straight through you, you know, what are things that we can do in our own households or, um, you know, for the school systems or for even our children? Yeah. Um, in your homes, because I mean, I'm a mother, um, 
so I know what it's like to operate in the world and have little people in your own home depending on you. And so it's really important to, you know, set the tone for them. They got whatever you do, they're going to see, they're going to see it and they're going to, they're going to want to do it too. Uh, multiple times I'm working out, my daughter jumps in with me, you know, and those are, those are very proud moments. Or when she says, I don't need to eat that. I need to eat something healthy. Mom, I haven't eaten anything green. You know, those things make me happy uh, because I know she's thinking mm. and I never want her to lose herself in society and so our homes have to be the beginning of whatever we do. The, the protection starts first within the home. The change starts first within the home. Um, and then it goes outward. Um, so, yeah, the my nonprofit, um, you can follow us on Instagram, The Give Go. Um, we have a website, thegivegofoundation.org. Um, my personal Instagram is ablack underscore 22. And those are really the three different ways that I uh, communicate um, with people. And yeah, right now with, you know, quarantine and everything, all we can really do right now is, is fundraise um, and wait for the, you know, the virus or whatever to be done. Roll out. Right. So we can get back to doing the good work, right? Mm -hmm. We want to do the work. And so it's proactive for us not to sit, but to keep bringing awareness um, and, and for me, it's staying consistent. Like I said in the beginning, you know, with the discipline and because like I work out all the time and people are like, don't you ever take a rest? Da, da, da. And honestly, like it feels good to work out. One, I'm very happy and I'm very at peace and I know it's because I work out. Uh, and, and two is being that change. Like if I motivate one person to get up, um, that means a lot to me. Even if it's silent. I know there's a lot of silent victories going on and people are always watching. That's and, a word. Yeah. And uh, so I continue no matter what. Whether someone's, you know, giving me positive affirmations. I, I don't care either way to get a positive or a negative. I'm going to continue to do. Because there's people who are going to need that regardless if they tell you or not. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. Um I want to say thank you once again for joining me along this journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we look back after this, we're going to be like, dang, you're going to be able to say I'm a two-time triathlete defending <laughs> champion, you know, and, um, you know, to put those those medals up, you're a marathon. You've done three, two? I did two marathons. Two marathons One under now. four hours. One under four hours, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Slight flex, <laughs> half marathons. Yep. Led the state of Georgia in steals. Yep. Um, but more importantly, like you said, um, being the change, mm -hmm. I think is the most beautiful thing that I've taken away from all this. Because when you take away all the human accolades and what people will remember Amber Blackwell for, mm -hmm. it's who you've grown, or at least I've seen grown or I'm hearing grow for other people. That's the most important. So I want to say thank you for joining me along this. Thank you for... Um, contributing, uh, contributing. Jeez, let's get our words right. Um, and most importantly, thank you for allowing me to teach your daughter also yes. to be a part of the change. Um, yes. She's one of my swim. That's my that's my little swim homie. So um, she's gonna be better than me one day. So that's all I can give to him. But um, thank you so much again for sitting down with me. And please, guys, tap in with her. Um, and if you guys forget it, you guys can always. Go to the sayitloudmedia.org website and then under legacy, she's got her profile. You can click right on her photo, her headshot. She taught us all how to take headshots. 
Um, and you can go and click right to her profile. And while you're there, you can also donate towards the cause um, because the biggest thing, kind of what Amber's individual um, foundation is a part of and Say It Louds can join is making sure that we have representation in the atmosphere or with kids that do not have the means or even know that there's a thing because in high school, yeah. I knew water polo was a thing, but I didn't know that there were water polo leagues for children in city of Phoenix. And that can go across many, many ways. Or yep. I didn't know there was free swim lessons for um, inner city kids if you just filled out a form online. And so educational equity is very, very important. And even though if they don't want to be an athlete, then we're going to teach them how to be owners. If they don't want to be owners, then we can teach them how to make the equipment. Or we can teach them how to work on the athletes. But break the limitations. We got to break the limitations. And, um, you know, once again... This is one of the athletes and more than an athlete, this is one of the legacy definers and game changers. So thank you so much for sitting down with me. I love you all. Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you guys tap in whatever you cool kids say these days to stay connected. <laughs> um, until next time, stay black, stay woke, stay awake, stay alive, stay present. Wash your hands and wash your ass. I love y'all. <laughs>